Hello again, everybody. Time for another edition of Let's Talk About It here at Jamestown 107.1, streaming at NewsDakota.com. And, of course, a podcast available at NewsDakota.com. And if you uh, want to search out and listen to it where you get your podcast from, just search out KQDJ Podcast, and it is right there. Uh, I'm joined now by Pebbles and Amanda from the uh, Project Ignite Light uh, guys, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, Project Ignite Light. Uh, tell me about it. What is it? Well, 15 years ago with a little prayer born in the shower of all places, I began to realize the desperate need that kids have when they're being um, taken in because of abuse. Mm. And so many of these kids were going into foster homes with very little belongings or items that they just needed on a day-to-day basis. And so I thought, well, I can do something to help. I don't, I can't fix the problem, but I could do something to help. And so we began to put together backpacks for kids entering into that foster care system. And now we've been doing it for 15 years in North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota. Wow. And it all, uh, it all came from that thought. Yeah. One prayer in the shower, (laughs) you know, I had been praying about it for about a year And I really had no idea other than pajamas. And I, on this certain day, I just said, God, you know, I will do anything you want me to do, but I just need to know what it is. And God got a hold of me that day and said, Pebbles, you're missing the point. It's not about the pajamas. It's about what they represent. And in those dark times late at night, I will be their light. And I had flashes of abused kids. I just call it my burning bush moment. Mm. And so I got out of the shower and I ran down the hall and I told my husband, Darren, everything that I felt like God was kind of laying out for me that day. And then the next two days I get into the shower and I get a new piece to the puzzle and I'd run back down the hall and I would say, okay, Darren, we're going to call this person. We're going to do this. And at the end of the third day, he said, Pebbles, you got to quit showering. This is just, (laughs) you know, too crazy. We don't know anything about child abuse or the foster care system. Um, But we began to make phone calls to the police department, child advocacy centers, the um, emergency rooms at the hospitals. And we had somebody sit us down and kind of explain the process of what it looks like when a child's brought in for an investigative exam. And a nurse had said, unfortunately, due to certain cases, we have to sometimes confiscate their clothing as Mm -hmm. evidence. And I said, well, what are they wearing out then? If you're taking their clothing, what do they go home in? What do they go into foster care? And she just said, you know, we kind of scramble as a staff. And of course, we want to keep dignity. But if we can't find anything, we'd have to send them home in a hospital gown. Mm. And we just felt like that added to the humiliation of a difficult day. And we said no child in the state of North Dakota should ever go home in a hospital gown ever again. And so we put together a demo bag and we said, tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We just want to help these kids. And about a week later, they called back and they said, can you really do this? And I said, yeah, I can do this. And inside I was dying. I'm like, there's no way. I don't know what I'm doing. But it was a fake it till you make it moment. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, yeah, I can do this. And she said, well, it's exactly what we needed. And we didn't even know it. And so we just started packing backpacks on our dining room table. We were like, this is simple. Anybody can do this. We bought pajamas and blankets and we put together this little kit and here we are 15 years later putting together kits for a tri-state area. Unbelievable. Uh, and you could tell, I mean, you can totally listening to your story. You can totally uh, hear God's hand or mm-hmm. see God's hand over that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, just to see, you know, where it's come to. And, and I can't imagine, you know, coming into the situation because, you know, a lot of us don't know a lot about, we know that it's a problem. We know there's a lot, but I don't think we understand the scope of just how many kids are in that system. And I'm sure as getting into it, you were blown away too. 
it it really was a profound awakening for me because I really had no concept of the vast number of children. I I started just in our local community, which at that time was Fargo, and they were like about 50 kids a month. And that shocked me. But when I found out those were the severe cases, that wasn't even the grand scope of the numbers. And so when I started diving into the research, I believe the year we started, it was around 3,582 kids were seen that year, if I remember correctly. Um, that number rose to around 4,000 the next year of kids who were seen just in North Dakota. That's a North Dakota problem. Mm-hmm. And so it is really staggering. It's the kid that you may never suspect. It could be your next door neighbor, the kid in your Sunday school class, or even your co-worker's daughter. So abuse is prevalent. It's in our community. It's in every community. It doesn't matter your race, your orientation, it does not matter your social class. It just is prevalent in our state and in our country. Absolutely. And and you've been able to see firsthand too with this now what this uh, little gesture means to these to these children in this situation, right? Yeah, after 15 years, I think we all on our team have different stories that we connect to or things that really um inspire us to keep going. Yeah, that's one of our favorite things. We ask our centers that we serve to provide us feedback of what kind of impact does our program have on these children. And even the staff, they talk about how it makes their day easier because, you know, they're the first ones to hear all of these things. And it's really difficult for them to do this day in and day out. It's high burnout to be on the scene. And so they talk about how it gives them a little bit of hope and it brings some joy to a really difficult day to be able to hand this out. And the feedback that we get from them about how the kids react to the different items within the bag, which things are their favorite. Um, We've been doing this long enough now that we've even had children who have received a backpack who are now adults Mm -hmm. and have come back and talked about the importance of it in their life or they still have their blanket on their bed 10 years later. And now they want to give back and make sure that we're able to keep going and offer this to other kids because of how much it meant to them. And so I think that really helps keep us going is to know that it's it's meaningful and that to receive that letter to get that yeah. phone call from different people or even to have a student walk into our facility because now you can come on campus and you can volunteer and to have a student come onto our campus and go I got one of these backpacks and it's you know it's so full circle for me to be able to now pack one myself for somebody else it's just really touching and it's what keeps us in it because when you hear so many negative things about um, what these kids go through and so many devastating trauma that has been inflicted on them, it's easy to go. I don't want to be in a world that I know about this kind of stuff. I know I've become so incredibly protective of my own children of who they spend time with just because I know how quickly um, somebody can victimize kids that I I've become really protective. And so to be able to see the good come out of it makes this possible. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to keep going. And we always say we see a lot of bad in this world because of what we do. We hear horrible stories. But when it comes down to it, we get to see a lot of good, too, because we see the community rally together and say these kids matter and they're making blankets for these kids and they're doni- donating pajamas and they're giving of their funding and their time. We have kids who, for their birthday parties, instead of asking for a personal gift, they say, hey, bring a pair of pajamas for Project Ignite Light. Mm. And so it's just really fun to see people come together for the greater good and to get involved. And it makes the day-to-day possible for us. Yeah. 
Wow. It's like, uh, I mean, I, it's, it, I have a tattoo of Romans 828 mm. on my arm. And, uh, you know, the, the verse that talks about, you know, turning uh, bad to good. Yes. And it's exactly what's going on here. It's unbelievable. Uh, what, what, you know, a bad, turning a bad situation and, and finding a good situation and, 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 and uh, changing a life, literally, with just a backpack with things in it. It's changing lives. You know, and there's so many times I received a letter once from a mom whose child had been a victim through their daycare. Mm. And the immediate response when an investigation happens is look to who's closest to the child because it's typically the closest people. And so the dad was the one being investigated first until it really came out uh, what the source of abuse, where it was coming from. And the mom wrote and she said even for her, the backpack that her daughter received was life-giving because it was the first response of kindness towards their family versus people looking at their family as the ones who were hurting their child. And so just hearing her speak to what it meant to her, it goes so far beyond the child in these situations. We just got a letter from a grandmother and how it helped her as she helped her granddaughter process the abuse that she went through. So it really is the bags going out to the child. It's meeting needs to those kids, but it's meeting needs beyond that as well. It's touching their inner community and their inner circle. And it's and beyond we never the, expected that. And beyond the physical value of the item too. It really serves emotional needs and purposes as well. It's it's really simple to say, you know, something like a toothbrush isn't going to change someone's life, but it's really about to the act behind it. Mm-hmm. And we always say that we hate that we're needed, but we're glad that we're there. Because it's it's really easy to say that this isn't going to stop abuse. This isn't going to do, you know, change someone's life. But it really can just by the act of showing up and do and showing that there is good in the world and being that light and showing something positive to the whole family when they're going through something so difficult. You know, and that just brings up a huge point because so often I've had people who haven't suffered in this way not fully understand the depths or even some who have suffered and know how deep it cuts and goes, well, these are just things. And I once had a gentleman say, well, this is nothing but a Band-Aid. You're not fixing the problem. It's a Band-Aid. Well, the purpose of a Band-Aid is to stop your bleeding. Right. And you can't begin to focus on anything else until the bleeding has stopped. And so if I'm a Band-Aid, I'm okay with that. I don't mind stopping the immediate bleeding so that this person, this family, this community can begin to look at the next steps of healing. So talk about what is in the uh, the backpacks, actually. What what kinds of things do you put in there? Yeah, so there's um, basically anything that you would pack for your own child to spend the night away from home. So they're in their main compartment of their bag. We really try to separate it just to keep everything safe and uh, make sure that it's um, ready to go. So we put in their pajamas, their socks, their delicates, mm-hmm. um, go right in on top. The socks are always on the top of the bag, especially this time of year, so that they're easy to grab. We always hear that so many kids come in without socks on. Yeah. Um, they get their fleece-tied blanket that was made specifically for them, um, and it always coordinates with the pajamas. We want to make sure that it's a perfect package and a kit. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to get a book um, for our middle ground to younger kids. Um, They're going to get a book, You Are Special, by Max Lucado, or they're going to get a journal if they're a teenager so that they can just write about their thoughts and their feelings and the things they're processing. They're going to get shampoo and conditioner and a flashlight, a toothbrush, toothpaste, fruit snacks, and a water bottle, and then, of course, their backpack, which is so important because so many kids, when they're 
being removed from their homes or carrying nothing but a trash bag because it's the quickest thing that law enforcement can find. Um, And again, it's always meant to get these kids help and to do it with dignity, but they're working for their safety and they are working often in volatile situations. And so we just wanted to make sure they had a quality backpack to carry all their belongings in. And then we deviate a little bit. That's kind of our foundation. But like I said, our older kids are going to get journals, maybe uh, feminine hygiene hygiene products. Mm -hmm. And then our younger kids are going to get diapers, wipes, baby Mm -hmm. bottles, things like that. Wow. And uh, and so when, uh, you know, again, these things are just things like you said, but I mean, the the book and I mean, the the pajamas, things that mean so much for kids that are in that situation. I mean, it's, it's hard to comprehend it if you haven't been in the situation yes. or know someone who has been in that situation. But if you do, you know exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, we love hearing about the blankets serving as superhero capes or, you know, being mm. a safe place to cuddle underneath of it and just the comfort. We're a blanket family, um, regardless of the time of year, the temperature, we're always cuddled <laughs> up on the blank, on the couch with a blanket. And so just the comfort that something like that can bring. And then in addition for the foster families themselves, how the system can work is a family might only have about a three hour notice that a child is coming. And so it could be a holiday. It could be midnight. If they've never had a child of that age or gender before. They might not have anything appropriate for them as far as clothing. And so to have something to help them with that transition period to get through the paperwork and the chaos of an intake, it's also helpful for them too to make sure that they don't have to worry about running out in the middle of the night to get some of these items. And so that transition is to really help or the the backpack helps everybody with that transition. So you're offering hope and practical things for the child, but it's also helping the foster families as well. So people want to find out more about your organization, maybe to help out, maybe uh, just to, just to get more info, where do they go? How do they find out more about what you're doing? We have uh, everything up to date on our site at ignitelight.org. There's great information about the types of items that go into our backpack, how you can donate, how you can um, do different drives like pajama drives, sock drives. We've had so many people come forward, banks and schools of that nature. So there's great information and instructions on how to make a blanket, how to volunteer for our different projects that we have. We always need skilled labor. That's you know, we try to keep every dollar focused on the backpacks themselves. We're a debt-free organization. We don't do debt at all. Um, so everything we do really is dependent upon our community and po- upon volunteers. So skilled laborers, we are in desperate need of a plumber, somebody <laughs> who could like come out and help us. So many, we're down to one bathroom in our facility and we're really just looking for anybody who wants to get involved. We probably have a project that you could help with. And again, you you serve a, a large area. We right? do. We do. North Dakota, Minnesota and South Dakota are our main focus areas. And then it always kind of trickles over. We have a few doctors who will fly out um, and serve kids in other communities. And they're always great to take our backpacks with them because they just believe in it so much. And we're so grateful for that. So we definitely have hit other areas. Our reach has went down to Texas, to Wisconsin, Nebraska, Alaska, oh, Wyoming. Wow. Like it's been all over. Um, but our main core focus that we would consider our service area is North Dakota, Minnesota, and South Dakota. And again, it's ignitelight.org. That's the website, right? Yes. Correct. Is there anything else we should know, ladies, before we let you go? It's just so fascinating, so interesting, and, and, and so moving. I just, 
Thank you for coming in. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, we're coming off of Giving Hearts Day yeah. yesterday, and so that's great. It's our fourth year participating in that. We always love um, being part of that organization and and reaching new people who might not have heard of us before. We also have a book drive coming up in April. Our book current publisher stopped publishing it, and so now we're struggling to be able to buy it in bulk. And mm. so that's something that we're moving forward with. Another way that the public can help if they don't want to give a monetary donation or they're not able to come out and volunteer. And ultimately, we just want to say thank you. Thank you t- for this opportunity. Thank you to the community for listening and helping. In after 10, 15 years, 15 years, we couldn't have done this if people wouldn't have partnered alongside of us to make this happen. And at almost $70 a backpack right now, it really is because of the generosity of the community that makes this a possible project. So we're so grateful. Absolutely. Especially being faith-based, we don't Mm -hmm. qualify for any government funding, any state, federal, anything of that nature. So it is the community that supports this 100%. And so like Pebble said, we we get to be the face of Project Nightlight, but it's everyone showing up and being the hands that allow us to do this. Unbelievable. Guys, Thanks so much for taking time. And anytime you guys need anything to get out, word out, our microphones are open for you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Appreciate it. Thank you for Pebbles having us. And Amanda there from uh, Ignite Light, Project Ignite Light. Go to ignitelight.org to find out more information.